deceased. I want to just turn your attention to John chapter 14, verses 15 to 18. Uh, and then I just want to read uh, then verses 25 to 27, if I could. And Jesus is speaking, and, um, and what Jesus is saying, he's talking to his disciples. Um, and this is not long before he was about to leave the earth. They didn't quite understand that, but of course he was on his way to Jerusalem. And, uh, and there in Jerusalem lay the, his imminent death. Uh, death on a cross, and then, uh, of course, his burial and his resurrection, and then the disciples after that would be eventually left on their own without Jesus, but he didn't leave them on their own. He sent someone, we sent someone just like himself to be there. So I want to read this. Uh, Jesus says in John chapter 14, 15 to 18, and here we go. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Um, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Uh, notice that will be in you. Um, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And then I want to just uh, go to verse 25. These things I've spoken to you. This is John 14, verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What an incredible comfort. Uh, Jesus here talks about he doesn't want to leave. Even though he's going, he doesn't want to leave his disciples as orphans. I remember as a, early in my teenage years... Uh, you have these crazy thoughts as teenagers sometimes. And I remember never finding a, a, a picture of myself as a baby in our photo albums, my parents' photo albums. Never could find a picture of myself as a baby. I found, I, I found a picture of me as, as maybe about one and a half, uh, heading on to two years of age. But there was nothing before that. You know, those, those hospital pictures of you, you know, cradling your proud father's arms. It was never pictures like that. And, and for a season there, for a little while, I, I started to think, was I adopted? You know, this is the crazy thoughts I had. Was I adopted? Was I an orphan? And then, and mum and dad, you know, because, and it all seemed to click for me because they'd had three girls and, and probably they were looking for a boy. So they just thought they'd adopt one. You know, I thought maybe they'd done that because there was no pictures of me. And then I, I kind of braced it with some of my family and they said, don't be ridiculous, especially my sisters. They said, we were there. You were born. And, and, and it was, and you know, mum is your real mum, so just cool it. I said, okay. But I haven't got any pictures. They said, well, you know, you were the fourth child. Does that say enough? Yeah, yeah. You know, you get out, the first child, you kind of get as many pictures as the second. It is some pictures, and the third, you know, you get pictures, but the fourth, oh, who needs pictures? <laughs> so there you go. So, but I was contemplating that thought because Jesus says to the disciples, you've got to appreciate he's been with them for three years. They've been his, literally, you've got to understand that he was everything to them. They had given up their lives to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, they'd served him and now he's speaking of going away. And knowing that they were feeling this, he uses these words orphan, which means parentless, abandoned. 
And he says, I'm not going to abandon you. And yet he's going away. They, in their minds, they're grappling with this thought. You're going away, but you're not going to abandon us? How does that happen? And the incredible thing is that he said, well, you know what? I'm going to send a helper. And, and you know, if you look through Scripture, you'll see uh, very clearly. And then he says it in, in, in the verses I read. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, someone who's just like Jesus, someone who's just like the Heavenly Father. And the incredible power that, you know, there's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy, what? Spirit. And, you know, thankfully, Jesus didn't leave them as abandoned orphans. He said, I've got the, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And you know what? There's a number of things about the Holy Spirit. He says, he's going to be just like me. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring to remembrance. He'll give you peace. You know, in the midst... And, and let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Holy Spirit will bring incredible peace and joy and strength in your life. And everything that I've done for you, well, the Holy Spirit can do that and, uh, he'll, be, and he'll be with you. I love the reality of that. No longer is it going to be God in the body of Jesus Christ, but it's going to be God in the body of you and me. We're not gods. It's just that his presence through the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And that was a shift for the disciples to take a hold of and shift in their thinking. Um, but you know, as I've thought about the Holy Spirit, sometimes we can, we've got to be careful we don't become a little bit indifferent to the Holy Spirit. And we kind of leave him on the shelf. And you know, we worship and, and all that. It's the Holy Spirit that touches our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that comes upon us. And we've got to be careful we don't leave him on the, just leave him out of our lives. But we, you know, we might uh, um, uh, pray to Jesus, pray to God, but you know, the Holy Spirit's right there. You know, it, the Holy Spirit wants to be there. And, it, and you know, um, we, we don't need to overlook him. We don't need to kind of, because he's the one who provides peace and wisdom and guidance. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's there all the time for us. And we haven't got Jesus in the flesh. And God is in heaven, Heavenly Father, but we have the Holy Spirit. And, and I just started to think about it. Sometimes we've got to be careful we don't think the Holy Spirit is all spooky. You know, oh, this, it's, it, he's, you know we don't put the spooky thing on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit isn't spooky. And some people maybe think, oh, well, he's, you know, this Holy Spirit stuff, I don't need it. No, folks, we need it. And he's not spooky. You know what the Holy Spirit, he, he may be mysterious, but he's not spooky or not eerie. And in, you know, the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit is very real and he's real about the things that we face on a daily basis. He's very much wanting to walk with you and be in you and live, help you live your life to the fullest because uh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, will be your what? Helper. He'll come alongside you. He'll live within you. He'll be your strength. He'll be your support. And I, I, I just know we need that. I always remember I went to a meeting when I was about 19 like this tonight and, and I'd never experienced this Holy Spirit and I, and, I, and I wasn't quite sure how to interpret it in my Christian experience at first but I just was, it was mysterious but it wasn't eerie or scary or spooky. If anything, it attracted me to say, hey, you know what, I need, uh, I need this Holy Spirit and I came back again and again because I just needed more of his presence. through the. That's what I was longing for, even though I didn't know I needed it. I needed that. And, and I want to just say, the truth is, is that each of us are body, mind, soul, and spirit. Every person is that way. A lot of people give attention to their body, 
uh, you know, let's keep it fit and healthy and eat right, and that's wonderful. Uh, but we're, we're also mind. A lot of people give attention to their mind. They train their mind. They exercise their mind. They read. They study. They, you know, they, they exercise that ability to learn. That's wonderful. And people, even their soul, um, sometimes, which is your emotional being, is the decision part of your life. They give attention to that and want to make sure that that's all happening well. But, you know, the thing that we can live out is the spirit. We're body, mind, soul, and spirit, aren't we? And we need his presence, his presence in our life, the spirit of God in our lives. You know, we don't need to be unbalanced, but we need the spirit. And I, I see in today's society that we as a nation, people are looking for a spiritual identity. They're looking for something, the spiritual vacuum in people's lives. And they reach out for every other, trying to gain some spiritual content in their life and understand. And they, and they reach out for stuff that just isn't right, you know just isn't right and there's many belief systems out there and, and they're all trying to say where the right way to go well Jesus is the way the truth and the life and the Holy Spirit backs that up he's, he's not there's no you know we've got to understand he's he definitely wants to fill the vacuum of that spiritual part of us through the holy presence of God through the Holy Spirit and uh, you know uh, God it says that the Holy Spirit's got everything to do with daily living it just says in Acts chapter 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Isn't it interesting? Because God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. I think the terminology is very important here because he didn't anoint, you know, he didn't say uh, Jesus uh, the Son of God. He didn't say Jesus the Messiah. He talked about the earthly uh, kind of a title there, Jesus uh, of Nazareth. In other words, Jesus needed to be anointed. He was God, yet he needed to be anointed. And I asked the question, why did God want to do that? Because I believe he wanted to illustrate that we need that same anointing and touch on our lives, people. We need the, the touch of the Holy Spirit on our lives. We need it in our lives um, because the reality is in everyday life, uh, just like Jesus, who went about, he needed it for his ministry, he needed it for life, he needed it just to, to help people, we need it as well. And, um, and, it, and when you have the Holy Spirit, he prompts you, he does things in your life, he prompts you to do good. And, um, and your conscience, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he speaks to your conscience. And, and you wonder, oh, well, how do I know to do right and wrong? It's often the Holy Spirit speaking to your conscience and using your conscience uh, to actually show you what to, how to live your life. And so we, we just need to realize the Holy Spirit is real and is real for today. He's not, a, he's not just confined to the scriptures and say, oh, it was good back then in the you know, when the early church was being birthed. No, he's, for the, he's here in 2019. Uh, what's the date today? Is it the 3rd of uh, November? He's here and he wants to be present. And he wants to do uh, what, he, what he was doing in the past. He'll do it again today. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Not just Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is. And he wants to continue. But sometimes we've got to be careful that our indifference or our sometimes just, oh yeah, Holy Spirit, that's nice. That, you know... Um, be careful that we just don't kind of neglect the reality of what he wants to do in our lives. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there's a thing in the Bible I want to read from Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. And it says, Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. 
For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit in not many days from now. And uh, it's interesting. Jesus is clearly saying there's a, there's a baptism in water, but there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the word baptism in the Greek is a Greek word, and it's called baptizo. And it quite literally is uh, talking about, it's an interesting word, because the clearest example showing the meaning of this Greek word is a text from a Greek poet and a physician. Um, he was uh, Nikander, and that, that was his surname. And he lived about 200 years before Christ. And, um, and he used, and it's interesting because he talks about there was a recipe that we still use today. And it goes like this, a recipe for making, some of you have heard this, for making pickles. And Nikander says that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should first be dipped into boiling water and then baptized in the vinegar solution. Um, and a cucumber is placed in a solution. That's how they make pickles, don't they? They take a little cucumber and they, uh, they, and it, and it, they place it in the solution in vinegar and it actually impacts the, the cucumber so much. It takes on the environment that it's immersed in and it actually is pickled, but it's immersed in the process and it changes the taste of the cucumber completely. Personally, I don't like it, but there's some people who like pickles. Anybody like pickles? Okay. Strange. Anyway, we won't go there. But cucumber take on the character and the attributes of that which it's immersed in. And I want to say that you'll take on the character and the attributes of that which you're immersed in. If you immerse yourself in this world, uh, immerse yourself in, uh, you know, maybe things that aren't healthy for you. If you, you know, maybe you're watching movie, horror movies every, you know, second day of the week. I tell you what, if you immerse yourself in that, you take on the character of that. It's not a good place to be, would you agree? Uh, but whatever you immerse yourself in, that's what you'll become. So we've got to be careful what we immerse ourselves in. And see, we see in the early church, they, were, they used this word baptized to say, immerse yourself in something of the Holy Spirit. Because that's what happens with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We immerse ourselves in Him and start to take on the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, which, it, which, which is love and joy and peace and self-control and kindness and goodness and all those wonderful fruits of the Spirit. Uh, the early church were baptized in the Holy Spirit, the people there. And there was a great outpouring of genuine love and care for others. If you remember Acts chapter 2, and it talks about when the early church was birthed and Peter, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in the, the gift of tongues. And everybody said, what is this? This is strange. We've never heard this before. And then um, Peter got up and he preached this incredible message. And 3,000 people responded to, Jesus and that, that responded to Jesus that day. And then it says the church started and they would genuinely love and care for each other. And they, they generously gave and supported each other financially. So everybody had enough to eat and everybody had a place to live. And there was just this outpouring of love. All because the Holy Spirit's character was in the life. People had a themselves in the Holy Spirit, God's presence. Something shifted in their lives. And it says they grew in favor with God and with the people in Jerusalem. People just loved them because they were so loving, so doing so many wonderful things. Of course, we know as time went on, people, the Pharisees got very jealous of this and they disrupted the whole thing and, and caused the church to be persecuted. And, but that wasn't bad because everybody scattered and then shared in other cities the love and the goodness of God and the Holy Spirit was poured out on them as well. But we see an amazing shift in the attitudes of people and, the, and just, just the, the, what the Holy Spirit could do. I see people who are baptized 
And I've got to admit sometimes they don't reflect that love and peace. And I wonder what's happened. And I just realized that we, can, we continue to need to be filled. We continue to need to be filled. In actual fact, there's a, in the verses in the Bible, it, it references this and it says, be being filled. It's a continual thing. It's a continual thing to, to have his presence in our life. Because who knows? Uh, you know, um, uh, we, in every 24-hour day, we go out into the world and, you know, things happen. And, and, and it's like we kind of leak the presence of God, if you know what I'm talking about. And, and so it, it, it's, it's a moment where we've got to come back and say, Father, I just need you again. Fill my heart, fill my life again through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, I need you. Um, I need that freshness of your Holy Spirit. Maybe you're there tonight because you just know that you just need a fresh infilling because you're tired. Maybe some element of burdens have come upon your heart and you, and you come again and you just need to be filled. I just love it. The Holy Spirit's always present. It says in the scripture, you know the verse, it says that he's God's mercy is new every morning. And I just like to say that the Holy Spirit's new every day. He's there all the time. Actually, every second of the day, he's there. Fresh, fresh, if we want it, freshness. Freshness of we want His presence through the Holy Spirit, filling us, enabling us, and I, um, uh, I and it challenges me. Um, and I found that the baptism of the Holy Spirit it can change us in many areas of our lives. Just His infilling or His filling us up, and even how we speak, we can we can start to speak life instead of negativity and fear and anxiety. We sp- start to speak truth and life and love and kindness. In actual fact, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can have a prayer language. It's called speaking in tongues. And Acts chapter two verse four says they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to tell you it's not of the devil it's of the lord it's an incredible gift upon our lives it's an incredible gift that he gives us and some of you understand that and receive that and maybe tonight some of us are saying well i'm not quite sure about it i want to encourage you it's not something to be it's not spooky it's not scary it's incredibly powerful and a blessing in our lives because i believe the initial evidence of his filling us or his baptizing us in the holy spirit is that ability and that wonderful prayer language of speaking in other, in tongues as it's called in scripture um and it is a wonderful prayer language. It can build us up and edify us and it gives us and edifies and strengthens us in the fruit of the Spirit and the love and the joy and the peace. And, um, and God, you know, even when we pray in tongues, God can, it can be interceding for us. And yet we don't know exactly what it means, but I tell you, it edifies us and strengthens us when we just give our mind and focus to Him in worship and, uh, and speaking in tongues, of course. Sometimes I understand that we we sometimes can seek because tongues is the gift, but the giver is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we can seek the gift more than the giver, but that's not what God wants. He wants us to seek the giver. We want He wants us to worship Him, and as we worship Him, the gift comes with the giver. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, if I I I, I uh, the truth is I. Uh, um, Christmas time, we all try to teach our children that to go and say thank you to the giver and don't be rude and don't neglect to say thank you because if it wasn't for the giver, you would never have the gift in the first place. You know, and the gift is a reflection of the giver's heart of wanting to bless you. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to give you the blessing of those gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
Sometimes um, I've heard people say, well, the Holy Spirit's not for today. Well, that's, it's not true. It's not true that, you, that you, you don't have to receive any evidence or you don't need the Holy Spirit. I, I want to say you needed it more than anything. And we're going to need him more than anything as these days unfold in this world. We need his holy presence. We need the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, and, and I love the reality is that he wants to come, and come into our life and, he, and he, he wants to bring the gifts of the Holy Spirit with him into our life when we receive him. I love that. The other thing that I'm concerned about sometimes is, you know, we say, well, how can we receive? You know what? It comes out of a hunger and a thirst and a desire just for more of him. We can sit quite comfortable and say, I'm, right, I'm good. But you know what? You never receive if you never ask, if you never have a desire. If you never have a passion, and sometimes I think even as Christians, we can just lag or we can just get a bit sloppy or we just get comfortable. And you know what we need is a fresh infilling sometimes. I, I, I just know that it's a powerful thing. It just says um, in John chapter 7, 30 and 39, on the last day, this is a great passage. And, and I've used this some time ago. I've, I've mentioned this in my messages, but John chapter 7, 37 to 39, I want to remind you. It, this was a time when there was what they called the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem in Jesus' day. And Jesus was there. And this feast would go for a, a, a couple of weeks, um, this Feast of Tabernacles. And it just says on the last day, that's talking about the last day of the great feast, this Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood up and cried out in the crowd. And he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and what? Drink. And if he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of what? Living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, those whom believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Because Jesus had to go before the Holy Spirit came. And he was still there with them. See, I, just very quickly, this passage of scripture has got some Old Testament context to it. Because what would happen is... Um, they were celebrating this Feast of Tabernacles, which was a number of festivals, but one of them was where they were, the joyous celebration was observed, and they were remembering when the children of Israel were in the desert for 40 years, that they got thirsty and they needed water, and Moses struck a rock and water came out of that rock in Exodus chapter 17. And uh, so now uh, the Jewish people always celebrate Jewish, some Jewish people still do it. They celebrate the reality of what God provided for the Jewish people in the desert where God provided water for them in the most impossible situation. And so now they're celebrating that and they're thanking God. And what would happen is the priest would take a, a golden pitcher, pure golden pitcher, and he'd go down to the Pool of Shalom in Jerusalem and he'd dip it into the Pool of Shalom and he'd bring it. And for about a kilometer and a half, he'd walk back up this, this street as people on either side would cheer and celebrate and carry on and, and, and really get excited. And he'd bring the pitcher of, of water up to the altar of the temple and he'd pour it out. And they would all, and as the, and as they, um, the priest would actually bring this pitcher of water, he'd recite an Old Testament verse from Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. And it says, therefore with joy, this is the verse, therefore with joy you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. And he'd kind of, he'd repeat this and, and all the way back up to the temple and he'd pour the water out. And it was that moment 
moment when on the last day, when everybody was joyous and dancing and singing and reciting this verse, therefore with joy we'll draw waters from the well of salvation. At the temple, the water was poured out. And on this day, the feast had been building to a point. And everyone's excited. And as we see, Jesus then stood up and he said this. He said, you know what? This, he didn't say this, but in reality, they're all getting excited about the reality of God providing water in the desert when the children of Israel had come out of slavery. But he said, you know what? You're getting excited about it back then. Why don't you get excited now about what you need to receive right now? Because if, and then he says, if anyone thirsts, in that crescendo moment, he speaks up and he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come what? To the priest and get the water out of the gold pitcher? No. Go to the rock in the desert, somewhere in the middle of Mount, in the desert of Mount Sinai? No. He says, come to me and drink, because, because he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of the heart will flow rivers of living water. I want to tell you what, that, 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 that rivers of living water is the Holy Spirit filling you up, overflowing in his presence. And I want to just ask you tonight, do you thirst? Do you thirst? Because that's the desire for anything. Ask and you shall receive. Do you need more of that? I just want more of him because I've got to, you've got to face life. More of the Holy Spirit, more of his joy, more of his peace, more of his kindness. And it comes through the Holy Spirit as we welcome him into our lives and receive even the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Spirit if that's never been your, uh, your um, experience, God wants to do that in our lives. I want to just finish with just a quick thought. There's a, there's a, there's a fish in the sea. Uh, it's called the deep sea lizard fish. Um, they're found at very deep parts of the ocean. In actual fact, the deepest part of the ocean is 10.2 kilometers. But this fish is only found, deepest part they've ever found this fish is 3.5 kilometers down under the surface. Do you know that the, the deepest part of the sea is so deep that you could put Mount Everest and there'd still be a couple kilometers before um, uh, its peak would still be a couple kilometers below the surface? Very unexplored part of the world. But three, uh, up to 3.5 kilometers, there's this fish that lives down there in the darkness, 3.5 kilometers down. Now, you and I know that if you ascend, the deeper you go, um, the pressure is immense and intense upon the pressure upon your body. The outward pressure is... And, and, and generally, um, people can only ascend to about 150 meters without something going seriously wrong. Because... Um, we have oxygen in our blood, and we have um, air in our ear canals. And when you go any deeper than that, you can destroy those things. And, and the truth is, that we, can't, we can't physically handle the pressure the deeper we go. We can't just go there. But here's a little fish called the deep, uh, what's it called? The deep sea lizard fish. And he can go up to 3.5. How can he do that? Because the truth is he hasn't got air in his blood, oxygen. He hasn't got little ear canals with air in it. And so the inward, the water in his body is equal to the pressure of the water on the outside of his body. That's why he's got these bladders that just regulate that. And so he can go kilometers below the surface and not even worry about it, swim freely around where humans can't do that. If we were to go that deep, we need to go in submarines with inches thick steel between us and the outside pressure. But I want to tell you that these little lizards can handle the, sorry, these lizard fish can handle the pressure because they've got an adjustment bladder and a balance that can handle that. And I just want to say that as you walk through the, this life, we, we, the pressure on the outside of us is sometimes so intense. 
the anxiety or the concerns or the struggles. I want to tell you God's given us an internal system where we can have the equal pressure on the inside pushing out and holding us together, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. His love, His joy, his, his strength, His kindness. And I wonder if tonight there would be just a, a, a desire, like that song says, to have more of uh, what God's got. More, let Him moving in our hearts more, more of His presence, more of His love. I want us just to stand tonight, if that's cool. And we're going to just, uh, we're going to worship it again in a minute. We were singing that God's a way maker, healer, um, all those wonderful things. And you know, as always, we were just worshiping. I was just conscious that um, God just, uh, someone tonight, I would just believe, um, there has been uh, some element of pain, uh, particularly just in, in the back, lower back, but um, maybe it's right across the back, but particularly on the right side of your body. And I was just believe the Lord would just want to um, do a healing work in your life tonight. Is that anybody here, particularly that area of your body? Um, it's okay? Yeah. Would you let me pray for you? Is that okay? Be great. Great. I just, if we're going to just pray for that, why don't we just pray for other people who maybe have need in their body tonight? Is that cool? Just let God touch, heal bodies. You know, we were just, um, a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks, we just prayed for people and Michelle was telling me she prayed for a little boy um, one Sunday night who had a thumb complaint. Hey. And, uh, and just, she just spoke to that little boy just the other week. And he said, you know what, because they thought it was broken. Uh, the doctors had x-rayed it and it had a fracture in it. And she just believed God would heal. It's not us. It's not us healing. It's God healing. But it's us believing. And when she prayed for it, and, he, and she came back and the parents said to, you know, he, his all pain went. All pain went. We didn't have to get it wrapped or cast on it. Um, and uh, it's it just God done a wonderful miracle. I just think that's God, isn't it? So I wonder if we could believe for that tonight, that we could see bodies healed and God touch lives that way. And I, I love it. So if there's a need within your body, I'd love it just to stand and pray and agree together. The healing touch of God would just come upon you. That'd be great. The other area that I just believe that as we come and worship tonight in this beautiful song, that we could maybe, some of you just might say, Father, just a freshness of your Holy Spirit. Just fill me. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'd love to just pray for you tonight, for that to be your experience, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe tonight you just need a freshness and say, more of you, God, in my life. I'd love us just to come and just stand and just say, Father, as we worship tonight, say, more of you, Father, more of your presence. And I'd love just to, I believe in the laying on of the hands and what God can do. So for those who need healing, can I just pray? Where did that precious young lady come in? We're going to pray. If there's healing needed in your body, would you come and stand today? And we just believe for healing. Surely it's okay. Just sit there. It's only another. Yeah, yeah, that's great. If anybody else has need of healing in their body, I'd love to just pray right now. You come. That'd be great. And you might say, oh, I've got to come again. Yeah. Why don't we believe again? Why don't we put... Why don't we petition heaven and say, Father, your healing touch again in my body tonight. If there's anybody else just that desire to say, Father, more, more of you, you're welcome just to come. And uh, we're going to just let uh, worship. If the, it's up to, I'll let the team, if they want to come, they're welcome to come. Otherwise, um, uh, we're just going to pray. Thank you. Thanks, Kate.